Welcome back, everyone. This is episode 47 of the Golden Goal Podcast. We've got Champions League. We've got Premier League. Uh, I've got some extra touches for you today. We've got some breakdown of Real Madrid and back-to-back losses this week uh, in Champions League and in La Liga. Uh, I've got a lot for you today. So, Hav, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. Like you said, lots to digest, lots of games. So we're going to try to get through all of them in a, <laughs> in a decent amount of time, I guess, in the span of an hour. But, yeah, you're right, man. There's been a lot going on. Champions League is back. Lots of good games. Uh, going on in the Champions League as well, including my my beloved United and a beautiful night in Paris, my friend. Beautiful night. Yeah, yeah. We'll start. We'll start with that one since that's uh, the big one. Pr- yeah. Actually, should we start with the Premier League? Yeah, game we'll, on the we'll, we'll start first? with the Prems. Yeah, we can start with the Prem. Okay. Okay. Um, so going back uh, to this weekend, we'll start with the big uh, Merseyside derby, two-two. That finishes. We had a lot of controversy in that game. Uh, we had what comes out to be a season-ending injury for Van Dyke that happens that game. So a very uh, big, uh, big ninety minutes for the whole shape of the Premier League season. Initial thoughts on that? Yeah, man. Uh, it's it, I mean it's crazy to think that Van Dyke is going to be out for the rest of the season and uh, ACL tear, right? ACL tear. Yeah, and uh, I actually did hear today uh, per Jurgen Klopp in a quote um, that it might be. I mean, I've had ACL. T- I've had two ACL tears, um, so I can't say for sure what he meant by this quote. But he said it may go beyond beyond the ACL to where he could be out um, even longer than eight months, eight to ten months. What an ACL is usually the the timeline for. Wow. So he may have had LCL or MCL or even PCL, which is the ligament behind your knee. Wow. Uh, but that bottom line is that tackle must have really fucked, fucked up him his up. own knee. So, so he could potentially be out for a whole year then. Yeah, so he said, I believe Jurgen Klopp said in the quote, we will not see him uh, for the rest of this season for sure, uh, but it'll be interesting to see, depending on the severity of it, uh, how his tail end of rehab goes as it gets into the offseason. And how eventually if he comes back, will he come back the same person? I mean, that's right. the other thing also. Um it haunts us, especially here in Chicago. Derrick Rose, man, you sometimes yeah. never come back the same. Knees so. suck. I can I, I will attest to that. Knees fucking um, suck. But um, what are your thoughts on that that tackle from uh, Pickford? I know that I know I know Van Dyke. There was an offside call on the play, but you know Pickford kept playing. Um, do you think it wasn't intentional? Uh, do you think he deserved a red card, even yeah. though the play was already technically called dead? Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there's a lot of uh, a lot of opinions on the yeah. on the social media about that. Um, I think, well, uh, let me put it this way. I don't think he meant to hurt. I mean, obviously, I don't think anyone ever means to hurt someone unless you're like Pepe or like Sergio Ramos, maybe. Because <laughs> um, those guys are fucking cocksuckers. But but um, I think Pickford is just reckless. I think he's just a reckless goalkeeper, if that makes sense. I don't know if you can agree with that or not. I just think he, he doesn't really think with his head too much. Yeah, I think I think he lacks a little bit of control with his movements. Um and I don't even mean just that play. I mean sometimes on crosses, um in the air even yeah, yeah. and um coming out coming off of his line. Yeah. To, uh, in in general. Um in my opinion and if I can I can understand how people thought it was intentional uh based on, you know, the outcome of it. Um I I do not think it was intentional. Um was he a little bit 
out of control coming off of his line like that? Yeah, a little bit. But I'm not sure how else you expect him to come off. I mean, he spreads himself. Um, he he does go in studs up, but he spreads himself like a goalie is, sh- is supposed to in a, mm-hmm. in a situation like that. Um, he's playing. He's playing through the whistle. He has probably has no clue that it, it's offside. Yeah, because um, it was a very small margin, mm-hmm. and with VAR these days, you know you got to play to the whistle because if the the play gets finished off and it gets called offside, and then they look at VAR and he's called he's not offside, they're going to count the goal. So I I, I don't blame him. I, I don't think he meant to to yeah. hurt anybody. Yeah. He's I don't think he's that type of person. No, uh, like you said, there are a handful of uh, players in football yeah. that might be that kind of person. Yeah, I don't think Pickford's that sort of person, even in you know a derby like this. Um, I think Van Dyke is probably smart enough to realize it wasn't intentional either. That's my opinion. Yeah. Um. No, I agree. Do you think though that he should have maybe gotten a red card for that though? Because he he's pretty much gotten he's gotten away with that. I mean, I don't know. I I need to rewatch it. I just, I just don't really. I don't know what the rules are. Can you if a play gets called dead? Can you still get sent I off? I would guess no. no I, I, guess, I would guess yes yeah. because you have to think. Actually, I think it happened to Iguain in MLS this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the final whistle, he got uh, sent off for yeah, you getting get in the ref's face. Yeah, yeah. So I guess technically off the ball, you know, play called dead, you can still get. Um, I think it just depends on the referee. Yeah, but I'm it, surprised that they didn't sanction. They didn't look into that after, and I mean, because I think it's a yellow for sure. I think it's a yellow for sure. But maybe uh, a red card. You, might you can't it. give a penalty for it. You've no. already called the offside. The offside comes first, so you can't yeah. give a penalty for it. I, I. You can definitely give a yellow or a red. I don't think it was a red. I think it's a. I think it's definitely a yellow for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I can totally, I can see both sides of it. I'm, yeah. I'm just that type of person that can most of the time see both sides of the argument. Yeah. Now, do um, you think also Van Dyke just went in without really thinking too much? I mean, what do you? I don't blame at all on yeah, Van Dyke. On Van Dyke. Okay. I mean, I look at it. From his perspective, the same way I look at it from uh, Pixford's side of thing. You know, he's, he's playing gone. through the play. Yeah. yeah. He's playing through the whistle. It's he's extremely unfortunate that the goalkeeper comes in like that. Um, Just catch, sucks all catches around. him, catches him with a, a foot planted, which never helps when it comes to knees. And it's 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 terrible. I, I don't wish an injury on anybody. It's going to be a huge blow for Liverpool. Um, that might I don't know how to put this in good words, but it might tilt. You I mean, know, the favor in other teams' favors with him being out. He's been their leader. I mean, Liverpool looked kind of fucked now, to be honest, without Van Dyke. Yeah, and uh, today they squeak. We'll get to their game yeah. in a little bit, but they squeak out a win today, and Fabinho slotted uh, back there pretty oh. nicely. But game in, game out. I mean, that guy played just about every minute of every game I last think, I two think, seasons. I think um, for sure last season he played every minute in the Premier mm-hmm. League. I think for sure last season. I mean, yeah, it's a tough loss, bro, and I mean, I get the people that are mad about it, but I don't think, I mean, they're saying Pickford, like, how did he get away with that? I mean, that, but at the end of the day, man, I mean, with any sport, I mean, it just, shit like that happens, you know, and whether we, whether we like it or not, I mean, it was a freak accident, and unfortunately, Van Dyke was on the shitty end of the stick on yeah. that one, and he got hurt, but to say that Pickford should be, you know, I don't know, there's like some ridiculous stuff on Twitter, right? Like, he should be banned for 10 games, or, yeah. you know, like, some like, I mean... No, you know, it, 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 
I've seen I've seen, I've seen worse, worse tackles. Yeah, I've seen that. worse tackles than that. Exactly. Um, it definitely wasn't a good tackle, and it was pretty reckless. But um, I've seen a lot worse. I mean, tackles I, than I, that. I I think Sergio Ramos's tackle on Salah in the Champions League final. Remember that when Salah got injured with his shoulder? Yeah. I think I, that one was even worse because Sergio Ramos like intentionally wrapped Salah's like, arm so he couldn't like fall, like he couldn't protect himself with his or pr- couldn't protect himself with his yeah. arm. So, I mean, sucks, man. But I mean, like you said, Liverpool. It's going to be interesting, man. I mean, we'll see how Liverpool are able to fight back and see if they can get through this. But a year without Van Dyke, bro, it's, that's yeah, hard. Yeah, it's going to be that's interesting hard. to see. And I wouldn't be surprised if they have to go out and get, get a another defender in January. Yeah. Um, uh, all that aside, I thought uh, Everton played well. Um, Richarlison had a really dumb red card. Um, outside of that, I thought... I oh, thought yeah, yeah. That was that was a bad, another bad challenge, too. Yeah, that that yeah. could have been... Actually, dude, I I rewatched that one, and that could have been all. I mean, that could have been bad also for Tiago. Imagine, dude, two players. Yeah, in. that now that right there, I think, is arguably a worse tackle than. Um, that was just stupid. Like, why would you do that? Yeah, like, and it, in, there's there's so much more direct contact to above above the ankle mm-hmm. there, and um, that I could I could definitely see more as a red card um, than Pickford's. Um, but ever, outside of that, Everton played well. Um, they went down early. They didn't put their heads down, um, as maybe past Everton's might have. Um, but I thought they played well. I thought Lucas Digne played really well. Um, James and then Calvert-Lewin, another goal. Um, Dude's killing it, man. He's, he's a, he really he's, is killing it this he's year. A, Golden boot, maybe, this he's year. He's a better version of Peter Crouch. He's <laughs> in that height, bro. Last, uh, since I hadn't watched him much in the last couple of years, but now that he's, you know, lighting it up, I've been watching him more. He is really tall. He's huge. He, he, he's I think a, he he's, wins so many. I mean, he wins every fucking header. I mean, he's honestly. got a great build to him too. Yeah. How um, tall is he? You think? I, I didn't even check. Let's see what Fat Mob says. I think he's he's got to be over six two for sure. Yeah, right? it, he's, he's, it says six two. Oh, okay. Um, but I imagine he's a, a hefty six two. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, he he gets up, man. He's some tall some tall people don't know how to jump where the shit. But he does. Um, he he can get up there. So um, finally, the goal scorer that Everton have have missed. Um, I know in past years Everton's strikers haven't had much good service to them, but now they've got James, they've got Richarlison, even Dracu- though he's out for Dracore, a game. Allen. Dracore, Allen. I like Andre Gomez a lot. They have a good team, and then Digne puts in a great ball as well. Um, and then last thing I'll say about this game that offside, that was um. Ridiculous. They're ridiculous, dude. What, what what was the reason he was offside? Because his hand was offside or something? Or I what? don't care what anybody says. Every way I look at it, every time I look at it, I don't see any part of him that is offside. Yeah. Uh, some people are joking it was his shirt sleeve that was offside. Like, his, it was dangling out a little bit and it was offside, but... But it's like I, I have to go back on what I said in one of our first episodes when VAR first got implemented. Mm-hmm. I said... And I, I had no idea it was going to come to a call like this here and there. But I had said offside is a binary decision. You're either offside or you're not. I don't care if it's by a millimeter. I don't care if it's by a shirt sleeve in this case. I don't care. But now I'm, you know what? I'm going to hold my hand up. I'm wrong. I hate this. This sucks. I don't know what your thoughts are on it, but this sucks. Well, the reason it sucks is, so let's let's go back. Back in time when times were simpler, when there was no VAR, um, when the refs had to make that call, like 
it was either obvious or not. You know what I'm saying? Like if, mm-hmm. and, and I don't, I don't know if you refed when you were younger, but I, I was, uh, I was a sideline ref when I was, uh, back in the days when I used to play club soccer. Like if I saw someone offside, like it was, ish, it, it was clear if they were offside. I had raised my flag and, um, but now it's like, how was a player who was offside again? I don't even remember. Was it why Mane was, was offside. Mane? Henderson scored. So Mane, like, how is he supposed to know that he's like, oh shit, my shirt sleeve is offside or my fingernails off? You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like you, you can't like that's something like a, as a player, like if we were playing, like you can't visibly tell if you're offside, like by you know that fraction. Like if you obviously, like if I'm way beyond like a defender, if I, like even half my body is like I can physically tell that I'm offside. Yeah. But if like you know. Like a fucking like a part of my finger is offside. It's like how like you don't know that, and like but obviously like VAR can you know go yeah. on the computer and check that. And but the but even a referee can't even tell it. So mm-hmm. if a referee can't tell at that moment of time that he's completely offside, like I just think it's stupid to really like look into that and be like, oh, actually, well he's one millimeter offside because you know. And you also have to think that's the re- that's eighty percent of the linesman's job is to flag offsides, yeah. and if. And if he can't tell if someone's offsides or not, why do we have him? Why why don't we just have computers? You know, what's the point of the linesman then? Yeah, he calls fouls as well occasionally. But like like I said, eighty percent of his job is to flag offsides. You might and as you might as well just have two center refs. Yeah, or something or something. And, like, and have them and have them flag the fouls mm-hmm. that a uh, an AR normally would. You have them stand, you know, yeah. one in each half of the field, yeah. and do it that way. Because then you know, what's the point? Of, yeah. And I'm not saying get rid of ARs, but if we're going to, because I, I value having, you know, a human on the sideline, you know, keeping yeah. track of these things. But if we're going to com- continue going like this with this computerized offsides, getting every millimeter, every centimeter, what's the point of having the AR? Yeah. Now he's told, if he's not sure, to not raise his flag and let VAR check it. I'm pretty sure that's what they're told in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. And my thing is, I never refed a game, but mm-hmm. I did take refing class. It's a long story. <laughs> never got around to actually refing a game, but got certified and all that shit back in the day. When I took refing class, there was always the, their arms cannot be offside. Because you can't, you can't play, like, that's not part of the body that you can use to play the game anyway. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I don't know how it was for you, but that's what I was taught, and I think that rule has since changed because this was a long time ago, yeah, really long yeah, time yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. This though. rule has now obviously since changed, but why has it changed? You still can't play the ball with your hands. No. Um, yeah. why, why can't we just go back to when times were simpler, that any part of your body can be offside except um, cannot be offside except your hand? Yeah. Or your arm, because yeah. you can't play the ball with that part of your body anyway. So if you're flagging, if you got your arm in the air to call for a pass, and your arm's offside, but the rest of your body is, you're onside. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So, and I, I put a perfect example on Twitter this uh, this weekend. Um, there was an offside in the can't think of what game it is now. It was a Sunday game, anyway. Um, there was clear offside. Mm-hmm. Uh, the attacker had his whole leg and front half of his body leaning into the offside position. It was clear and obvious after VAR looked at it that he was offside. That is a perfect example of how VAR can benefit the game when it comes offside. 
doing this this shit with centimeters, millimeters. I know Sheffield United had one called back last season yeah. where like a guy's heel was offside. Yeah. If it is not clear and obvious, like we've said, it should not be able to be overturned. Like the thing is, if Liverpool would have scored that and no one would have said anything, VAR wouldn't have checked it and taken it away. Like I don't think anyone would have looked back and no. like, he was offside. No. <laughs> you know? Like everyone the players are like the Everton players are like fuck. Like they didn't complain. I mean, it just wasn't obvious. Like it was, like you know, yeah. n- even if there was a replay on it, like I don't think anyone would have been like, no. oh, actually, you know, his fingernail actually, a little, little, the little dirt in his fingernail right. was sticking out over there, so he's offside. So it's that's what I mean by that. It's just like I get it. Like I get because of the textbook rules saying that it's offsides, but I mean, like, come on, man. It's just it's getting ridiculous. Yeah, the question now becomes. Do we continue to use VAR to detect offside, missed offside calls? And if we do continue to use it, do we tweak the rule to where it can only be overturned if it's clear and obvious? We take out the computer aspect altogether. We have the ref go look. And if the, if, if the linesman has clearly missed a, a, an offside, like uh, the example I have on Twitter where the game is escaping yeah. me, but that's fine. Yeah, I, I actually. That's li- a call that was missed, and he was offside. Yeah, I like your idea of taking away the the little line that they draw the computer. I li- I like that. I think yeah. that, I think that's stupid. Because the computer takes away the need for the assistant referees, and now they're all second guessing themselves all the time because they've been now been told, if you're unsure, don't raise your flag and let the fucking computer take care of it. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's nonsense. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it. With baseball, think about when you do see a baseball game, even if it's in the background, when a pitcher pitches the ball, he's got this, you know, the strike zone comes up on TV. Yeah, yeah. Where the pitch went. Mm-hmm. Baseball could essentially get rid of the umpire and just use that computerized strike zone if they want to, but yeah. they haven't. They've kept the they've kept the need for the umpire. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? I mean. Keep yeah. the keep the need for keep the need for assistant referees. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was it was. I mean, it should have been th- it should have been three two. I mean, at the end of the day, but oh VAR, we love and hate <laughs> you, mostly hate. Right. So that's all for that game. Uh, Chelsea blew it against Southampton. Their defense is still shite. Um, Timo Werner. Timo Werner has finally arrived. Opened a bank account. Two goals and an assist. Great for my fantasy team. Uh, their defense is still shite. Um, absolutely laughable goals they allowed, especially the one by Che Adams. Um, it was more laughable than Maguire's fuck up <laughs> for United against uh, whoever that was <laughs> a few weeks ago. Um, I don't really have anything else to say about this game. Uh, Chelsea backline is still shit. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure Lampard's feeling the heat right now for sure, though. Um, they look, I mean, for all that money they spent, man, they're not, they don't look as good as I thought they would, to be honest. Mason Mount keeps seeing the field when they, you know, they have Zayich, they have Callum Hudson-Odoi. Lamps absolutely loves Mason Mount. Um, I don't think he's a bad player. But I don't think he's as good as Zayich and, I don't think he's good as, I think Zayich should be starting. Right, and, um, he's just like, I feel like a lot of coaches just have that player that is their favorite. Yeah. And it's at any level. And they're just always playing regardless 
of what the fans think of how inconsistent or consistent his performances may be. Yeah. Uh, but Mason Mount is that guy for Frank Lampard. So, yeah. Uh, City, Arsenal, which snooze, I thought... Snooze fest. I thought this was going to be a really exciting game, and it was uh, not that way. Um, City's back line looked good for the first time of the season. Uh, Ruben Diaz, I thought, looked very good. Um, Arsenal, actually, thought looked very good defensively as well. <laughs> For a change, there were no fuck-ups from David Luiz. True. Um, City had trouble creating uh, with that back line for, for Arsenal. They kept their shape really well, but on the flip side, Arsenal really didn't create much much either. Um, towards the end, Ederson actually made a couple big saves, the first big saves I've seen him make in a long time. Yeah. Uh, but a shutout is a good start for uh, City's back line. Yeah, right on. Um, then United, 4-1. Yeah, there it lives a little worrying there at the beginning, but they they turned it around. Yeah, they gave up a shite on goal. I mean, there was nothing you could do. I mean, it was just a, I think Luke Shaw blocked it and it just took a bad yeah, deflection. Yeah, on goal. Um, but Maguire, fucking Maguire, bro, fucking scored. He didn't, he didn't even look he happy though. He didn't look. He didn't even look happy though because he knew no. he was like, he's like, <laughs> you could actually tell after he scored, he was just like look serious, but he in his in his head he's like, thank the fucking lord that I that I scored. And he was like, I needed that. Um. But yeah, overall, great game. I think everyone played well. Wambasaka had a fucking bullet of a goal. Um, I don't think uh, Pogba didn't start. I think let me look at this starting lineup again. Um, yeah, it was Fred and McTominay that started. I was surprised to not see Van de Beek. Yeah, um, that's actually that's something I want to get into as well. The reason, I think, the reason why he has inserted Van de Beek is I think he's going for more of a defensive approach with Fred and McTominay, maybe. But um, against Newcastle? But against Newcastle, which is, yeah, I think that's kind of sus. Um, I don't know if he's just trying to ease Van de Beek into the team more, but I think he's good enough to start. Um, Pogba, I understand why he didn't start. I think Pogba's been ass since the start of the season. Um, I actually like Juan Mata played really well this game. I actually thought Juan I Mata was, played uh, really I well. I was surprised with that lineup. Uh, James and Mata, um, both kind of underwhelming, especially Dan James. Yeah. Um, but they all played pretty – they both played decently. I think Mata for sure played well. Um, Daniel James didn't play as bad as I thought he would. Um, Fred and McTominay looked pretty solid. I'm liking Fred a lot more right now. Rashford, obviously, two assists and a goal. Um, and, I mean, Wampasaka, I mean, I think he opened his uh, his account for, for United with a goal as well. Uh, overall, good performance. Even though they came, went down 1-0 in the beginning, they came back, were able to string some good goals together and make it 4-1. Um, I actually liked the fact that he kept Pugba out though, because um, I mean, you you you've been telling me also. I mean, Pugba's just I think personally, like you said, he's been a little bit of a bad professional. I think yeah. in terms of what again what he's been saying on the media. Um, I'm a I'm a firm believer that all your talking should be done through action instead of just words. Um, so I think uh, and I mean even one of the ESPN um, analysts or analysts or pundits. <laughs> And one of like the their extra time touches or whatever, <laughs> he was like, "Pugba needs to shut up and just start playing." Yeah, and, and I, honestly, dude loves to talk. I, he loves to talk. He's like, "Real Madrid's a dream." Well, let's let's be honest, mate. Madrid is honestly not doing too well. You're looking like shit. Do you yeah, really not think come a knocking? And they're not gonna come knocking for you. Like, I mean, I'm all f- if he wants to leave, I'm all for it. But like, dude, you gotta start backing up your talk. Like, you gotta start playing. And I think I love Pugba. I think he has a lot of talent, but I just. I just needs to, he needs to shut up and start playing. He has this 
he has this arrogant mindset that like he's he's accomplished enough in the past and that some team will splurge on him and he'll be like mm. they'll reignite his career. Yeah. But dude, like if you keep playing like this, nobody's going to come and pay the money that is pay you what yeah. you want to be paid. Yeah, yeah. To, you know, be the professional that you've been. Nobody's going to do that, but he's so arrogant. Yeah. With his past accomplishments and how he has played in the past, even though it's not in the present, that he thinks just anybody's going to come just, along and do that. Yeah, I just I just think it's if he just if he just shut up and not talk about Real Madrid on the media, like I wouldn't be as mad, but the fact that he is Especially after your team, that was after you, we got thrashed by Spurs six one. When he was with the French national team, he was saying that it's like, dude, there's just a learn when to just keep your mouth shut and just focus on getting back in form. Is you know, the most respect the the players I have the most respect for are the ones that um, I'm not saying they're shy from the media, uh, but they're just they like put their head they put their heads down. They go into practice every day. They, they, focus grind. On, they focus on soccer. Kevin De Bruyne is a perfect example. Yeah. Kevin De Bruyne, he's a very soft-spoken guy, but on the field, yeah. well, you know, he's a different. Yeah. He's a different person. He gets after it. I mean, yeah. look at look at the ascent he's had. Yeah. Uh, or I mean, yeah. Or if anyone wants to also take a model, I mean, look at like Ronaldo and Messi. I mean, I know that's like kind of a classic one. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ronaldo's like arrogant, but like I mean. Let's be honest. I mean, he, ba- he backs it he up. He backs it up, though. With I mean, the dude's a fucking beast. So it's like if you're gonna be arrogant and you're gonna be like you know talking about flirting with other teams, like you better damn well make sure that you're killing it on the field. Is all mm-hmm. I'm gonna say. Um, and he he doesn't he hasn't so. And I'll um, even I'll even uh, throw a an opposite end of the spectrum. There's a guy on the fire, um, college draft pick, third round, fourth round draft pick, couple three years ago. Um, Brant Bronico, his name is, um, didn't play a single minute his his rookie year, got loaned out to a USL side, um, came into practice though every day, grinded, put his head down, didn't say anything, didn't ask for, didn't ask for anything. Now he's in his fourth year with the team. He's the only player from that draft class that was from past the first round that's still you know in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, got a contract extension twice now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's a utility player. I'm not saying yeah. he's a starter, but you know he puts his head down and he, and he works and he works and he works and he he's not going to get in the media and you know talk himself up if, just, he, if he can't back up it, if he can't back it up with his work ethic. Yeah, and yeah. He does that, and I have a lot of respect for that. Yeah. Um, I and just, I don't think I think if somebody asked you when is in his rookie year if he was going to last, everybody would have said no. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's an opposite end of the spectrum. An MLS yeah. player, a squad player, as opposed yeah. to a Ronaldo or a Messi, and I think Pogba will earn a lot more respect if he puts his head down and works and comes in to every session and every game. Yeah, like he like he gives a shit. Yeah, yeah, and that's not always the case. Yeah, so, uh, but anyway, United United win that one four one. Um, it'll be interesting to see how much. They got Chelsea next in the league, so yeah. And how much Pogba starts this year? Because um, Vidi keeps up the if the, this because uh, Donny plays like the similar shit. similar roles. I mean, he looks better right now. Yeah, and uh, we'll even get in the Champions League game later. They look better when he's not on the field. Yeah, so frankly, 
Um, Fulham get their first point against Sheffield. Um, they actually brought in some players right before the deadline. Um, I still think they'll get relegated, but they got their first point. Uh, Crystal Palace, Brighton, as everyone expected, ended in a tie. Uh, um, Spurs blew a 3-0 lead against West Ham in the last 10 minutes. Um, I saw a funny tweet that pretty much sums up this game. Um, only Spurs could um, create and destroy a title race in the span of uh, 90 minutes. Because <laughs> uh, even us, I put it on our Twitter page when they went up 3 nothing. Like our Spurs Is back. this Spurs' year? And then by the game that <laughs> the game was over, I quote tweeted and I said, it isn't. It is not. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That's tough, man. Giving up three goals in like eight minutes. To West Ham. To West Ham. Who, granted, they've got back-to-back and, wins, but... And, and the thing is, Spurs looked really good for um, for 82 minutes. Yeah. Spurs looked really good for... I don't, so I don't I don't know what the hell happened. Um, I still think they have a really good team, but that was just... That was pathetic. I mean, I don't know how you give up three goals in eight minutes. So. Switching off, get complacent, but, I, I mean, from the plus side, Harry Kane, Hungman Son, best best duo in uh, in the Prem right now. And with a with Bale, too, if Bale gets hot also. I mean, Bale had a rough, a rough game, but... If Bale gets hot, he finds form. They, yeah, they could be dangerous this year. Um, this choking in the last ten minutes makes me wonder still yeah, about yeah. them. Uh, but they definitely have the talent, and with Van Dyke out for Liverpool, and with this year being just so unpredictable, we'll see. Uh, I'm not gonna say it's their year. I'm, I'm not gonna say it isn't. Spurs fans are Spurs fans are sweating right now. They're like, <laughs> oh my god. Like, they know what could be. Oh, Spurs fan would. Oh, if Spurs won the league, oh my God, it'd be Boston Cream all over, all over <laughs> Spurs Stadium. I'm telling you, Boston Cream. Uh, but West Ham, I mean, the Moisaya leads the comeback, three <laughs> three. Uh, everyone thought West Ham would be better with him, <laughs> with coronavirus. <laughs> he had to sit out two games because he had Corona. And that's well. the two games that they won back to back. Uh, but they come back in this one, three-three. Uh, <laughs> very entertaining game. Very entertaining. Um, Lanzini hit an absolute banger to tie it three-three. I'm gonna be honest, like it was a banger, but it was kind of lucky. Like he hit that bad. He hit. He kind of hit. I don't think he hit that. Uh, well. Kind of like outside of the foot a little bit. Yeah, it was like a, It was a little choppy hit, but it ended up working out well. So hey, sometimes yeah. you need a little bit of luck. That's all. And then uh, this one was surprising. This as was everybody fun. expected, Aston Villa four and zero. Who would have thought, dude? Who would have fucking well, thought Aston Villa would be four zero, have had have scored twelve goals in four games, and only two allowed? One of the worst defenses and one of the worst offenses last year. Now they're killing it. Twelve goals scored, um, amongst the top five in the league in that category, and the least amount of goals against. Per which I think, is the second least amount of goals against in the entire English fo- top four tiers. If I if I remember that correctly. Hey man, is this Austin Villa's year? Fun fact, the team who has less goals conceded, Sunderland. Wow. One goal allowed. Beast. But yeah, Aston Villa, man. Ross Barkley, by the way, that's someone who has ignite reignited their career. That was be- that was good for him. I'm I'm happy for him. He 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 looks like a new player. He's out from under you know a big six club where I think he feels you know pressured all the time, and I think he's just having fun now. Yeah, he's yeah. playing his game. 
Because think about how good he was at Everton. I thought he was good at Everton. I thought he was a beast at Everton. Wasn't always healthy at Everton, but I thought he was good at Everton. When Went to Chelsea. Chelsea. It may have been too big of a club for him. And I think he realizes in Aston Villa, Everton, that's like, that's his niche. Yeah, yeah. And he's showing out. He's having fun. Well, if any balls keeps balling out, dude, in England, in England call up? Maybe. You know, maybe if he's killing it. Um, but uh, Grealish, Ross Barkley, John McGinn, um, solid Wa- back line for uh, a change. Ollie Watkins. Ollie Watkins. I mean, I'm liking I'm liking what Villa's showing. Man, sh- should we put money on Villa winning the league this year, man? <laughs> should Anyth- anything's possible at this point. But it wasn't even one of these games where, you know, they got dominated the whole game, outpossessed, outshot, and got like one one chance and put it away. It was fifty no. fifty possession. Was, it was like let me look at the stats: fifty fifty, eleven for Leicester shots, and then Austin Villa ten shots. I mean, it was passes is the same. Like everything looks similar. So I mean, like I'm impressed, man. Is all I'm gonna say. I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah. So. But I think that's the last game we'll cover from Prem just because we want to get to uh, some of the Champions League games that began this week. Champions. Champions. (laughs) Chelsea with a very... uh, Chelsea's looking stinky. Snooze fest to Sevilla. Chelsea's looking... I mean, I know Man United's not any better, but like Chelsea, for how much they spend, they're not looking too hot. I don't know, man. I don't know what it is. I, I maybe it's just too many new faces. They I, do look much better when that Mendy guy is in that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, in this specific game, couldn't create a whole lot going forward. Uh, Sevilla's. I mean, Sevilla's no pushover. Yeah, no, Sevilla's no pusher. You're right. You're right. But um, I just think Chelsea, like on paper, they have such a good team, bro. Like besides the defense, I know, but they, like, do you just think they should be creating left and right? At know? what point do we say they're out of time to mesh? With all the new players, I, mean, I would say. I would say. I mean, I mean, they don't they just got Zayic back. They just got um, Pulisic back. I mean, if they're still getting shaky results by by Boxing Day, by this or beginning of December, like I yeah. mean, it's just then you really just start thinking, man, what's going on here? Because I, 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 um, I compare them to the Fire a little bit, not not in terms of skill level, <laughs> not in terms of skill level, but the revamp of the squad. Um, the fire, you know, went out and got a ton of new players for this season. Chelsea went out and did the same. Um, I think, and in, in situations like that, I'm not even just saying for the fire, but for or Chelsea, I'm saying in any league anywhere, it's going to take a while to um, get all those pieces to mesh correctly. Yeah. Um, it sucks. It sucks that it has to be that way, but shortened transfer window or what was seems like kind of rushed. Uh, with a shortened off season, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a priming. If this off season was normal, and like the normal length and everything, I think we might be talking times almost up for this. You know, chemistry to start yeah. clicking. Yeah. Um, but with a shortened off season, uh, an unorthodox transfer window, eight new players, yeah. it's going to take a little bit. Yeah. And uh, I know Chelsea fans are not not the patient type, uh, but it's going to take a little bit. I do think by Boxing Day, if things are still shaky, he's gonna Frank is gonna be under some pressure. Yeah, yeah, hundred uh, percent. So kind of a snooze fest in that one. Uh, you and I talked about it a little bit earlier, or maybe yesterday. Dortmund st- stinking it up first game of the group stage. Um, yeah, we shout out to Mobley scoring on his old club. Also, he played for Dortmund, right? In Mo- yeah, Mobley. Um, 
Shout out to him. But yeah, Lazio won 3 1. Uh, I mean, I was telling you, man, like, I like Dorman. They're known for, they're known for, you know, buying young players and, and breeding them and creating superstars. But I was telling you, man, like, I just don't think, and this is going to sound a little harsh, also because I'm still a little PO that we never got Sancho, but I just think, I think Dorman's a step, a stepping club for a lot of players. I don't think Dorman is, to be honest, I don't think Dorman is that scary in terms of, like, you know, they're no Bayern Munich. They're no, like, they're just not. I, I might say it, dude. I think they their fans are great. Their stadium is amazing. But in terms of results and success, I think they're a small club. I don't know if a small club is, is uh, fair. Um, maybe in terms of silverware, as you said. That's what I'm saying. In terms of, I, like I said, like, I think their fan base is We're great. We're basing it solely off of that. I think they definitely need to aspire to win more. I, I just don't think they have. I think they're just content with getting young players, breeding them, and then selling them for a lot of money. I mean, yeah, I, and there's they're they're trending towards the stepping stone club for a lot like of players. Ajax. There's yeah yeah. I mean, that's a great comparison. They are they are Ajax in a tougher league. Yep. And maybe have a little bit more uh, spending money, mm-hmm. um, based on you know capital and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, they they're in IX and in a more expensive, in a more difficult league, as I should say. Um, it's like how, like you're not gonna be able to compete with Bayern ever if you're just you're not trying to aim big. Yeah, Bayern is still uh, still a mix of young players, Alfonso Davies, uh, Kimmich, who I believe was their own. Yeah. Uh, Chris Richards has come through now. Um, guys in the past who have come through the Bayern system, and then. Nabry, yep. Lewandowski, yeah, uh, I just, and guys, in the guys in the back that and, they have all the and time, and I think it just shows a lot of the players have left Dortmund for Bayern. Yeah, like, what does that mean? I think it's been three big players: Goetzid, Hummels, and Lewandowski. Kind of tells you. I mean, if if anything, it's starting to show. It's like you know they don't. If you felt that you could be successful at a certain club, that you could win so a lot yeah. of silver, like you would say. And they all left for the bigger club. So all I'm going to say with this is um, if I'm like the sporting director for that club, you have enough money to invest in good players, like a mix of youth and senior players. I think they should start focusing on like what players do we need to be successful also right now instead of just developing players. And also, once they do develop those players, can you keep them? Maybe try to keep them. Yeah. You've sold enough talent players and talent in the past where you have accrued a lot of money a lot of money oh trust me Dembele outrageous price I mean they just um, and they just like they sell for so much like they sell so much and even though the Sancho deal didn't get done this this offseason it will get done at some point you'll get them for another you'll get at least another 80 100 million Holland I know is another one who will go sooner rather than later but maybe you try to keep Gio Reyna uh and maybe you try to keep. Uh, well, they left. They got let go of Hakimi as well. Hakimi was great for them last year. I know he was on loan, but he went to fucking Inter, which is like not like a bad thing. But I'm like, you easily could have kept them. Like I don't think there's that much of a difference between Dortmund yeah. and Inter. You know, and especially league wise too. Like I just, yeah. It's just when weird. Jude Bellingham develops more, for the young English kid, you try to keep him. Yeah. Maybe you try to keep Jude Bellingham if if he develops how you want him yeah, to, and he yeah. and he develops into the star that you have envisioned for him. But yeah, they they need to you know 
pick a little bit more of a direction with their club? Are they going to continue to just be a stepping stone club for players? Are they going to actually try to win stuff? Yep. Um, and I don't think they're doing enough to actually go out and try to win competitions. No. Um, and I think their defense is so awful. Yeah, and uh, last thing I'll say is Lazio has not gone off, gotten off to a great start. I mean, they were great last season. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of petered out towards the end, but they're they're one one and two in the Serie A this year. Yeah, they've gotten off to a slow start, a slower start than Roma have, and Roma haven't gotten off to a great start either. Um, so this isn't this isn't peak Lazio, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. This is a a Lazio team still trying to find their footing for this season, as a lot of teams still are, and you're you know. You're bottling it. Yeah. First game. Yeah. You're could have been probably more goals allowed in this game. They gave they give up a lot of chances to not a lot of possession. Yeah. Dortmund. Yeah. Uh, they give up a lot of high quality looks uh, to teams when even when they don't have a lot of the ball. So. Yep. Um. They're they're honest. At the end of the day, they'll probably still get through Zenit and Club Bruges or the other two teams in their group. Yeah. But uh, an underwhelming first uh, game. Of the group For stage, sure. Juventus pretty easy win over Kiev. Barca too. Uh, Barca as I don't well. Even, I don't even know this team that they played. Ferran Ferran Cavaros. Uh, Where the hell are they from? Hungary. Never heard of them. Never heard uh, of them. Might have been they. Maybe they're debutants for uh no that can't no. be. They probably won but that like knockout league to get in yeah. the Champions League. Uh, Ansu Fati is the real deal. Um, absolutely the real deal. Uh, Serginho Dest started in Champions League, made his Champions League debut. That was pretty cool. Then Bailey came off the bench, goal and assist. Uh, really nothing to say about that one. A comfortable win. Um, United, huge win for United, which I don't think anybody after the start of the season they've had expected them to go to Paris and beat them. Near did I. I was telling you, like, I don't even want to pay for CBS access just to watch them lose. <laughs> right. Uh, but I think we figured out a lot about some of the character of some of these players. I think we figured out that they are officially better without Pogba. Yep. Um, I think Tuan Zebe deserves more of a look. Oh, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. And Juan uh, Basaka had, a, had another great another great game. You mean Twan Dyke? <laughs> Twan Dyke. <laughs> There's another one, Twan... Twin, something with Puyol, Twin, twin Yol or something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I'll tell you this. I still don't know if uh, Ole is the guy to to take this team to new heights, but I'll tell you this, man. He's got some big balls on leaving uh, Pugba, and that was, a, that was a statement, man. I think that was a statement. That's saying, like, you might think that, and, like, I think I still think Ole is, like, a good guy. Good, I don't think he picks on any player specifically, but I think he's, like, you know, you can't just go around like talking this shit and not back up your play. So he's like, if you're not gonna play well, he's, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna start you, you mm-hmm. know. And he didn't start him, and he went again with, uh, he went again with Fred and McTominay, who I thought actually played really well. And then I also heard McTominay, <laughs> the first half he played with one uh, contact only because the other one fell out. I've been there. That shit is fucking so, hard. And he, play, and he played a whole half. Yeah, like that's that. impressive. So that's impressive. Probably squinting every time. And like <laughs> he Mc, passes the ball. And I'll tell you this. Fred is maybe a little bit better technically than McTominay. So McTominay is not the most technical. He doesn't really like he's he's not really good at one thing. I think he's just like an all round like box to box player. But I'll tell you this, man. The dude is willing to die for the club. You know? Yeah, I was gonna say he's one of the few players 
that really understands what it means to wear the shirt, yeah. which we hear that all the time. Um, and I think right now where United is in, you know, these this this era that yeah. they're in where they have a lot of turnover in the club all the time yeah. and they can't get certain signings done. They don't always sign the players that the fans want them to sign or enough of them. Mm-hmm. They need as many of those players that they can get, especially in games like this where they're not favored to win. Uh, Rashford is probably the only other one I could think of. Juan Bissaka is getting there. Yeah. Bruno, I he will be. He yeah, will be. He will be. Uh, he hasn't been there He's, long enough, but he will be. I think he wore the armband. I mean, dude, the guy's a captain, man. I mean, I, I'm going to tell you right now. And the, this is like I know we shat in. We sh- I shat on uh, on McGuire before and all that stuff. And it's not because like I hate him personally. I just think Bruno's a better captain. I'm going to be honest. I just really do. And it's nothing against McGuire. Or anything, even though he was had a shit show <laughs> the first couple of weeks uh, with United, um, I just think Bruno's a better captain, man. He he's he plays fearlessly. In like he missed the PK and uh, retook it again, and he just he wasn't even nervous. He just took it again and scored, dude. Like that is that is captain material to have the balls to just take it. <laughs> take doesn't the game, dwell on mistakes. Doesn't dwell on mistakes. Like he just keeps going. Um, and we've seen Maguire, it looks like it gets to his head a little bit, like all these other things, like outside of football like, or, or even during the game. Um, so Bruno, fantastic. Uh, I hope he keeps the armband, to be honest with you, because he's, he's been great. Um, Fred looked like Prime Conte in there. I don't know how. The, I don't know what the fuck happened, but it looked like Prime, <laughs> Prime Conte just intercepting balls left and right. Marshall scored a goal, an own goal. <laughs> um, but he did draw the PK. Um some people would say, I mean, I think he milked it a little bit, to be honest, but uh, he the movement was well. He felt the defender, and he took the opportunity to fall, to get down and get the PK. I mean, yeah. that's the name of the game, bro. Um, Rashford, beautiful goal. Yeah, beautiful the goal. winning goal was, was beautiful a great goal. goal. Um, fantastic. Like, the defense, Wambasaka played excellent. I mean, this is – Wambasaka's had a, a rough – well, he actually had a rough end of the season uh, last season. And then a rough start to the season, also. And then um, yeah, he was all over the place. He was this all over game. the place. I was telling yeah. you before before we uh, started here. Tejas, I thought it was a good. I actually thought Tejas had a good first uh, debut. To be honest, yeah, he looked all right. Yeah, uh, he looked all right. I think he brings something different to the attack in terms of uh, outside back. Because Wambasaka, let's be honest, he's not he's not prime Danny Alves. Okay, let's be honest, he's more of a defensive minded outside back. But Tejas, I think, is someone who could be dangerous going forward. Mm-hmm. Luke Shaw. Starting center back, he should take over Maguire's role. <laughs> um, <laughs> Lindelof played excellent too, solid from Lindelof. Twin Dyke, man, let me. God fucking damn, dude. Twin, I would say Twin Dyke. I would say he's made a case to go Lindelof, Twan Zabi. To be honest, and, yeah. and if you're gonna go forward in the back, yeah, if you're going gonna go forward. Yeah. Let's. I'm also gonna say this here: the last competitive game. Uh, tw- I was gonna call him Twen Dyke again. Twen Zabi played was ten months ago against I think Colchester and the FA Cup or was it something like that. Ten months ago. Yeah, I, I'm looking at that now. Ten months ago, dude. And this dude comes back uh, for the PSG game, his first game back, and pockets Mbappe and Neymar. Yeah, he had a very he had a very good game. Um, I do think it was more of a collective effort from. Uh, the back line, I think the so United's too. back line. But there was because play, but this this game was wide oh, open, was, back was, and forth. 
It was a it well, was a lot of fun to watch. He, Easily was, the most fun game to watch of the whole uh, well, yeah. the whole first uh, match week. There was plays where it was. I mean, I think it was two or three times where Mbappe and and uh, Twanzebe were one on one. Like it was just a, a foot race, and he caught up to him. I mean, mm-hmm. he caught and he bodied him off the ball. I mean, and, and let's be honest, Mbappe is hard. To, Mbappe is hard to keep up with, dude. That dude's a fucking. Yeah. <laughs> what is that dude's a? I don't even know. He's a he's a Porsche man. He's a Ferrari. He just he's his legs are moving and he's going. Um, but he he did well. The whole entire defense did well. De Gea looked like his old self again. So overall, I mean, it was a good collective performance. Um, but I'll say this: enough of me sucking off United right now. Um, PSG though, that defense kind of looks. Eh. Yeah. They didn't really uh, strengthen their squad from last no, no, year. No, no, they didn't. Um, I was very surprised to see a Danilo Pereira start as a holding midfielder. Um, I think Verratti's injured or something, or I don't know. But they also yeah. they didn't they didn't start. Uh, oh yeah, they did start Idrissa. Yeah, weird. Um, Kimpembe didn't have a great game, but I, I think he's a I think he's a good defender normally. Mm-hmm. Um, Florenzi, they, I've always loved Flor. I love Florenzi when he was at Roma. Um, I do think at this point in his career at 29, this was an interesting move to go to, uh, PSG. Um, but yeah, I don't think PSG made any notable signings to really, you know, take them to the next level in Champions League this year. Um, and then the other game in the group, Leipzig goes back to what we were saying earlier, much more, uh, convincing side than than Dortmund for me this year yeah Uh, but then moving on to today uh, we'll go through these pretty quickly Um, Bayern showing again why I think they're the favorites again this year when's the last time you heard Atletico give up four goals I don't it's got to be two years before Christ yeah (laughs) honestly in a competitive game it's got to be like two years yeah so they absolutely spank Atletico um, Shakhtar upset against Real Madrid. This game could have been uh, Shakhtar could have had four or five. Really? They could have had four or five in this game. Um, I did see on Twitter that in games, the last ten games that Real Madrid has played without um, Sergio Ramos, they've only won one or something like that. So they probably got to start looking at that defense, man. Let's says happen. a lot. Says a lot to missing one defender. You know, they got to start planning life without Sergio. Yeah, yeah, and it's a it was really surprising to see Luka Jovic start this game. I mean, he's been vi- it, it is Shakhtar, but you want to start the group stage off strong. This is also a Shakhtar team. They were missing ten players because of coronavirus. They had ten players out with the virus. This is what I heard on Twitter, at least through uh, ESPN FC. Sure, it's not fake news. Ukrainian fake news. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but. Ten players were out because of coronavirus. That's crazy, man. Um, and I, if you actually now that you look on the bench, they have a lot of like guys with on Fatmap at least with no faces. That's tell me that they might be you know young or yeah you know not regulars uh, in the side. So they had ten players out, come out three zero up against Madrid. Uh, Madrid was unlucky to have an offside call against them to tie yeah. it up three three, but. Shakhtar did miss a breakaway to make it 4-2 earlier in the game. So it, it's interesting, man. Uh, this is this is a tough group. It's not going to get easier for Madrid. They have Gladbach, who's a solid side, and they have Inter, who I think is going to be great this year. Yeah. 
So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out for, for Madrid after losing the opener to, to Shakhtar, for sure. Um, then City 3-1 over Porto. Porto actually looked kind of nice. Um, I watched this game. Um, they have some good individual players. I didn't think City created too much in the first half. They looked like they were struggling a bit. Um, they got a kind of an iffy penalty call, got them back in the game, but they looked really good in the second half. Right on. Um, all over Porto. Um, but Porto have some good individual players. I do think they'll event- they'll inevitably make it out of the group as yeah. in that second place spot. Um, I don't think too highly of Olympiacos and, and Marseille. Okay, so. yeah. um, Atalanta, one of the funnest teams to watch in Europe, 4 0 over that little Dutch, uh, Danish mm, team. Midgeland. Yeah. And then uh, Liverpool eke one out, which I alluded earlier. Fabinho slotted into that center back role, and I heard he played very, very well. Uh, I mean, he's built like game. a center. He's built like a center back, so I'm not surprised that he. I think he he's a very defensive minded player already. Mm-hmm. So I think he could. Who knows? Do you think he'll he'll be the go to center back maybe throughout the he season? He might have to. I mean, if they don't sign anyone in January, I mean, maybe I don't know. He might have to. They ha- they have enough. Depth in the midfield with Wijnaldum, Keita, Jordan Henderson, Thiago now, James Milner even, who played in this game, to where they can afford to move Fabinho back. Mm Kind of like what uh, City did with Fernandinho. Yeah, yeah. Um, But Ajax wasn't a pushover. It was a pretty even game. Um, They had their looks. Uh, Ajax hit the post, I believe, once. Um, Adrian was forced into some big saves, but... I'm really looking forward to Liverpool Atalanta. I think that'll be back and forth, wide open. Um, no Van Dyke, so we'll no see. No Van Dyke, so. yeah. So that's it for Champions League. Um, I know you had a couple extra touches you wanted to hit on uh, before we wrap up. Yeah, so we're gonna talk about the scandalous United players right now. <laughs> so I'm gonna start, I'll start off with the Mason Green one, Mason Greenwood one, because that one's not as bad as the other one. But <laughs> so Mason Greenwood apparently. Well, we talked about him and Foden being little horn dogs in Iceland, right? How they were just messaging Icelandic girls, breaking the rules, and then they got sent home because you know COVID. So, but apparently now, off the pitch, like he's like showing up late apparently to practice. You know, kind of just like I don't know if he's dicking around or if he thinks he's hot shit now. But apparently, like the co- Ole sent him down and pretty much said like, "Yo, dude, like, get your shit together." You're like, I mean, probably in a nicer way, but probably. Pretty much saying like you're not all that yet, you know. You're only 18. Mm-hmm. You're you haven't made it yet. So, um, for my hope, I hope he doesn't turn into like a uh, who who would I who who would be a good example? Like probably like Osama Dembele, probably. Yeah, know? that's a perfect example. Osama is it Osama or not Osama? <laughs> Usman. Usman. I said Osama Dembele. My bad. <laughs> I mean just uh, Usman Dembele. Um, that's probably my my example I would use. I don't want him to turn into that because he's got a, the kid's got a lot of talent. The kid's got a lot of talent. I just think he needs to keep his head straight. And it's hard when you have all like pundits and your coach telling you like you know you you're like Van Persie and you're this and you're that and you can be a legend. It's like hard. Yeah, you know, it goes it, to your head. A it little goes bit. to your head a little bit. But I think he's got good enough people around him at the club still to kind of lead him to, towards the right direction. I mean, look at Rashford, what he's doing off the pitch. Um, you know, with the I don't know if you saw that. Like I don't. I think you've seen that, right? Him like. Helping feed kids in England. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, you've seen all that. We were talked about it before mm-hmm. in the pod, and he's still doing it now. So he's scoring goals in Paris, and then when he comes home, he's feeding the he's feeding the poor. So I'm like, that's good people to have around the club. 
and I think there's a lot of good people around the club right now to be able to help him with that. So I hope he gets his head on straight um, and stops DMing Icelandic chicks. Um, but anyways, we'll get into the bread and butter, though, this one. Juan fucking Basaka, who I thought who, who I thought was the sweetest, <laughs> the sweetest little English man. The, I thought he was As like an I. I thought he was an altar boy. I thought he was a beautiful altar. I thought he went to mass on Sundays <laughs> and was the altar boy and you know gave the Eucharist. I mean, that, I thought that was him. I thought he was a good man, a good lad, it's quiet, humble. But apparently, the dude had like three side chicks, and he impregnated one of them, and then it was telling this other chick, the one that was like he was posting pictures with. I forgot her name. Like we well we can probably we can tweet it out like after this. We'll give you more of the the details. Yeah, of the I don't girl, know the whole the gr- story. The girl's name is like Marley on on uh, not on Twitter on Instagram. She's like she dated Jesse Lingard, dated Sway Lee. If you know the rapper Sway yeah, Lee, yeah, yeah, dated Jesse Lingard. Um, and by dated I mean they're probably just they probably they probably just hooked up. You know, like I don't think it was a serious. Let's be honest, I don't think it was a serious relationship. Um, they messed around probably, but. Apparently, Juan Basak was messing around with this chick also and was telling her how he doesn't want to be the father, doesn't want to have a baby with this side chick that he's having a baby with, the other side <laughs> chick. And then the girl later on posts, I was like a couple days ago, posts on Instagram a picture of her and Juan Basaka at the club saying like, he's just told me that he doesn't want to uh, be the father uh, of this baby that he's having with his baby mama. So she's, she's pretty much like putting him on blast on social media. Jeez. And then I'll, I'll say the other thing that he, I told you on. Uh, this is going to be kind of kids. If any kids are listening to this right now, um, cover your ears. Cover your ears or don't, don't listen to this. So <laughs> let me find this. So apparently this chick, she was going on a side note also. This chick is apparently crazy. Like she waited out of Sway Lee's house. She waited outside of Sway Lee's house and started harassing him. Like, and was posting it on social media. So she's one of those crazy bitches. Got a 10 out of 10 on the crazy scale. Yeah, 10 out of 10 on the crazy scale. Um, But she posted. Too many of those out there. She posted social media. Also, anyone fucking him, he sucks the nut out of my pussy every night and cries if I move on. Now look, I, I had to, like, have you repeat. I had to have you repeat that to me earlier because I didn't even know what that meant. So look, man. Is I'm that no a typo, one, or does that mean what I what I think it means? I'm no one to judge about what you do on your personal life or outside of soccer or any of that. But if this is true, one, you're a crazy dude. I'm not gonna lie. Like if this is if this is true, I mean I'm not I'm I'm not gonna believe it because this chick's crazy. Also, I have to reevaluate. But his you have to reevaluate your choices and the people you're messing around with. And um, anyways, enough with the laughs though. Like I mean. I didn't expect this from Juan Basaga. He do seem like a quiet dude, but apparently he's fucking crazy. So he's got lots of side chicks and is having babies left and right and doesn't even want them or something. So who would have thought? Um, but I'll say this to end it with this. So Goldbridge had a thing to say. You know, we talk about Goldbridge a lot. Goldbridge had something to say. And this was actually well put. Um, it was a little bit not like serious, but he, he put it this way. He's like, I don't care what people do like outside of like soccer. He's like, as long as like you would do well on the pitch. But he said... What he said was, the people you like hang around with and the people you include in your life, like you had to, you have some, you sometimes have to think like, would they still mess around with you if you were a cashier at a fast food restaurant? Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, or, that's a good like, way of putting he, it. He's saying he's like, I'm not saying like you can't have your fun or whatever. He's like, but you need to sometimes like ask yourself that like, would these people mess mess with you or be friends with you or whatever it is, if you were just your an average Joe? And he's yeah. like, the most likely the answer is no. And he said. You need to be careful because 
sometimes those people want to do you harm because of your ta- the talent you have. Same thing with Mason Greenwood, the thing yeah. with Wamba Soccer, anyone that's like that does that. So he said you need to be careful because people who have like you know you have all this talent, you can reach these great heights. He's like, all it takes is sometimes do a one bad mistake and you mess around with the wrong person and they do this and they put you in blast and it affects your career. So yep, um, I think I think no matter where you go in life, uh, no matter what you do. You just always have to think about who you're surrounding yourself with, yeah. um, regardless if you're a cashier at the yeah. the gas station or you're professional a professional player. footballer. So. Um, you also always have to be wary of who you're surrounding yourself with and if those are the best people that, you know, are gonna influence want you. success yeah. for you yeah. and uh, if they share similar ambition. So listen to me getting all... Getting all sentimental, goddamn. Getting damn. all sentimental and My shit you tear. know, words of the wise. <laughs> <laughs> um, I only have one uh, extra touch... Um, uh, Ethan Horvath, American goalkeeper, plays for Club Bruges, uh, played in Champions League uh, yesterday uh, from the Belgian League. He's a young up-and-coming goalkeeper. He's only 25, uh, but this was his first competitive game for Bruges in uh, like a, almost a year, over a year, a long time, because mm-hmm. uh, they have Mignolet, actually, blast from the past, Simon Mignolet, remember him? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He's their, uh, here's the, he's their usual starter, and he's pushed young Horvath uh, to the bench mm-hmm. since he's been signed, and he started against, uh, who did they play yesterday, Zenit? And they got the win. He made a couple big saves, and he was extremely emotional afterwards uh, because of how much it meant to him, um, having not played a competitive game in a long time, Mm -hmm. um, and being trusted and coming in and you know getting the win. And it was a really cool moment. I thought I saw him after the game, even though (laughs) I don't have CBS All Access, so it was the Spanish channel. Um, So they didn't really talk about it, from what I could understand. Uh, But it was on Twitter afterwards. National team tweeted it out, and, and Club Bruges did as well. But um, That's awesome. I think you need more players like that. Um, we were talking about doing it for the shirt. Yeah. From United's perspective earlier, you know, somewhere that it means that much to, especially when you get into Champions League. Yeah. Um, I it's huge. It's huge, huge for the club, um, especially a, a team in a maybe a not so big league like uh, the Belgian league. Yeah. Um, but but it was f- great, especially for the from the national team's perspective to no, see awesome. one of their guys other than Zach Steffen yeah. um excelling on the big stage. Yeah. So um speaking of uh, actually I don't know if you know this too. Um this is my other extra touch, my last one for sure. Um there was another national team player who was heading to Europe from Philadelphia Union. Yes, Brendan so Aronson. Brendan Aronson uh is going to transfer to Red Bull Salzburg um, following the conclusion of the 2020 MLS campaign, mm-hmm. which is huge. So he's going to join up with Jesse Marsh. Jesse Marsh, yeah. Dude is silky, um, plays for the Union, who are having a really good year. Um, I've watched him quite a bit, um, especially since uh, MLS's back tournament ended. Um, he plays in kind of an attacking midfield role. Um, can drift outside as well. Um, very creative player, has really good vision. He's only, I think, 20 years old. Yeah. Um, he got signed for $6 million, uh, with the potential to grow to $9 million, yeah. that, that fee, yeah. uh, based on you know certain stuff. I don't know if it's uh, performance incentives or sell-on clause yeah. or whatever yeah. it may be. Um, but, yeah, really exciting move. Salisbury um, is also a good club to go to, I feel like. Yeah, it's a good, yeah. It's a good place under to Jesse, go. and I know Jesse really wanted him, mm-hmm. um, has wanted him for some time um, after seeing him from a young age in MLS. 
Um, so definitely a very exciting move and a, a good look for the national team, which he could definitely yeah. be a part of for the next cycle. He, I, I, yeah. I have him in my depth chart yeah. uh, for the United States. Um, I have him underneath Reyna, yeah. uh, behind Reyna for that, if he's going to play that number 10 mm-hmm. role. Um, but yeah, another, a great but, no, mo- great move for the for the American well, American I, kids. I like it a lot because he gets to play in Champions League. Yeah, he gets to play in Europe. I mean, I don't know if I mean I don't know if the MLS or Austrian League. I don't know which one's more competitive. I guess in terms of that, but I just feel like well, Salzburg already has a history of developing good talent. Now you saw mm-hmm. Holland, Minamino was also there. I mean, he's had a little kind of a rough rough life at Liverpool, but. Still was a huge talent. Yeah, Lots of there's potential. a guy now at at, uh, at Salzburg who I have seen some good uh, some bits from. I don't know what his nationality is. His name's hard to pronounce, but he's young. Zabo Salai. He's mm-hmm. a winger. Mm-hmm. Um, looks good. He looks really good. Um, but yeah, Salzburg I think is a good spot for him. Um, I think Jesse Marsh is a good coach for him. Um, you think def- Jess- you think Jesse Marsh will go to a different club? Since he's been doing so well, I, I would not be surprised. Um, I would say it'd probably be another year or so. I would love after he gets more club club oh, pedigree under his belt team? at some point in the distant future, being the national team coach. How old is he? Do you know? He's only like because uh, he played for the Fire and then he's been coaching for five six years now. He's probably forty two. Okay, so not, not, not very not old. Very old, yeah. No, he's not very old at all. Probably somewhere in his 40s. Um, but, yeah, great move for Brendan Aronson. I'm very excited to see see where that for, see where that leads for him. Yeah, so right on. But, yeah, that's all we got. Uh, go follow us on Twitter at golden underscore goal P-O-D. Um, this was episode 47 of the Golden Goal Podcast, and thanks for joining us. All right, peace out. No, you could have been a wonder Taking your circus to the sky You couldn't take it on the